Thank you. This is Speaker One, and uh, you're tuning in to my first ever show. So this will probably go down in history and be memorable to whatever extent or degree. Um, it's a lot of stuff to talk about out there today or out here today, I should say, uh, amid the coronavirus. And uh, this is a great time to kind of reflect and gather your thoughts and to really put a real critical lens on what you see and what you experience. I've been doing just that. Um, There's so many things I I just look at from day to day, you know, um, you know, albeit I'm in the house a good part of the day working from home. But, um, you know, I I just think and reflect about one of the things that comes to mind is relationships. And, you know, those relationships vary, be it interpersonal relationships, you know, friendships, work relationships or what have you. And um, clearly they all look different. The thing that's, uh, I can't even say it's amazing to me, but um, it's kind of enlightening to me is how those relationships look over time. And they tend to change. They tend to change for better or for worse. Um, I can say I have a, a little of both. Um, one of the things that's always a determining factor in relationships is time. Time is the great equalizer. It's the great denominator because time will dictate if the relationship is sustainable over a period of time. So when we talk about relationships, one, one, one type of relationship is the, the friendship. The friendship is a real odd and awkward type of relationship in that, you know, your expectations change as you age and as you grow. So that relationships look, looks different on each side of the person on the other end of the relationship. And you invested in the relationship over a period of time. I remember there were times where I had friends when I was in high school or I was a kid. And man, and you know, we thought that we would probably have this cohesive bond forever. But as my great grandmother used to say, youth is wasted on the young. And those relationships change because quite naturally people change and times change and you grow as a person or not. But you know, whatever happened in transit, whatever happens in transition is gonna make that relationship look different. So thinking back to some of the relationships I had in childhood or in my young adult years or my teenage years, you know, those all look different. There's only like one that is really sustained, you know, and meaning outside of, uh, I mean, just in the context of the friendship uh, type friendship. But most of them, more often than not, you know, they, they have their different looks and transitions because people's lives go in different directions or what have you. But the great thing about that is being able to appreciate those changes and those transitions as they occur. I mean, you know, some of the relationships I've had, I've had mixed feelings about some of the people on the other end of those relationships. But then what I had to also look at is, you know, what was my role in those relationships as well? Because the relationship is reciprocal. And a relationship is contingent upon fundamentally one thing, need. Some type of need being met. For if there is no need, there is no relationship. So if that's a need for closeness, if that's a need to feel safe, if that's a need to feel admired, if that's a need to feel love, whatever that need is, it looks different for everybody. But those two people in that relationship have a need. And as long as that need is being met, that relationship will continue. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it will continue in a positive manner, but nonetheless, it will continue. So one of the things that I think is very important 
in relationships is communication. But again, we change as people, so our ability or methods or ways of communicating change over a period of time. Well, at least let's hope so. Um, maybe they don't it sometimes. But at any rate, the, the ability to, to be able to effectively communicate, and when I say effectively communicate, where the person on the, understand, on the other end is clear in understanding what it is you're saying. They, they don't have to guess. You know, they don't have to figure it out. They're kind of like, okay, I know this person well enough. So if this person says A, B, and C, then I know it to mean A, B, C, and A, B, and C. So that said, um, one of the things is we don't, as people, generally speaking, and I've been guilty of this too, I may not be clear on what it is I needed or wanted from that particular relationship. And, you know, and that, it gets real it gets real hairy and real twisted because when you think about gender, when you think about age or what have you, you know, as a rule, men won't be so clear as to what they want out of a relationship, maybe with another man, meaning a, a heterosexual relationship. And when we're talking about a romantic relationship, opposite gender relationship with a man to a woman, sometimes men are more clear. Um, women are definitely clear, 100%. They are clear about, you know, what they want more often than not. But I, I can't say that's exclusive either because sometimes people send mixed signals and they're not ex exactly clear what they want. But let's roll it back a little bit. Let's get out of the relationship conversation and context. Let's roll it right back to those relationships we have as, as young people, as children, as teenagers, irrespective of gender. I only can speak about the relationship from a male perspective because those are relationships I had with other men when I was growing up. And your fundamental relationships are always the ones that are your foundational relationships. You know, what are the relationships like with men in your life? You know, be it your brothers, your fathers, your uncles, you know, your mentors, you know, because that's going to dictate a lot how your relationships are with the other men you encounter that are your peer groups. So, you know, I often look at, you know, what did those relationships look like? Now, my relationship um, with family, men in my family, it varied from man to man um, because, you know, I, I, you know, I came up under a group of men, I would call them from the John Wayne era, you know, where, you know, hey, Pilgrim, I'm a man. I cover the ground on which I stand. <laughs> and, you know, they came off a lot of, in a lot of ways, hyper-masculine. And, um, and, you know, and I, I'm not saying that even as a criticism, I'm just saying it as something that was, or at least that's what my perception of what was going on. And they meant no harm. They were trying to model behavior that they thought was appropriate and maybe coincidentally would think you would model it. And it did rub off in a way, but as time changed, you know, that changed. So men today are able to communicate a little more effectively and more fluid, you know, you don't have to necessarily be the strong, silent type. You know, you can actually get into, hey, man, you know, that's not cool. And that's still a masculine way of telling the person that, man, I don't like what you just did or what you did offended me or what you did upset, it, upset me. So the reality of it is men often don't clearly dictate those types of things. And maybe we need to, maybe we don't. It, it depends on do, do what works for you. But I just thought those relationships look real funny and strange. So I guess, okay, let me get to kind of the crux of it. I'm looking at how my relationship changed with people, uh, specifically men, from the age of being in my early, mid-20s to now being, in, being 50. 
And, you know, some of the people that I had real close bonds with and the mesh relationships with at that time, because we had the same ideals or we thought we did the same value systems or we thought we did. And those relationships just seemed unbreakable. They just seemed like they couldn't be interrupted or disrupted. But so much happens over life course, which changed the whole landscape of how you see stuff, how you communicate with people or not, or how you deal with people or not. And or not part is, is that sometimes, you know, uh, just geography alone to dictate where we are with people. Because, you know, when you move from another state, if you don't keep in contact with that person, it's highly unlikely that you'll maintain that relationship if there's no verbal communication or emails or what have you. Or maybe now with the Zoom craze, you know, Zoom. So if you don't use those type of vehicles, you can't necessarily depend upon that relationship sustaining. And, um, and, and that's okay because we grow. Sometimes we grow out of people. Sometimes people grow out of us. You know, the, one of the things that's kind of parallel with change, uh, with time, is change. So change looks a lot different, you know, over a period of time, depending on how that person is growing. And if that person is growing and the other party isn't growing, then, you know, the relationship seems to struggle or even disappear at some point. So I don't know. That was just something real interesting to me. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to give you guys a little more something, but I have another topic real soon. But just something to put on your head, you know, how those relationships change, how time dictates those relationships, how relationships look, you know, between same gender and opposite gender people. So, you know, it's just something to kind of think about. Food for thought. Episode one has ended. <laughs>